The Israeli military says Hamas has now lost control of the north of northern Gaza after intense fighting. 50,000 Palestinians fled Gaza City yesterday through evacuation routes after Israel opened a safe passage on the road to the south for a few hours. Meanwhile, a senior UN official has accused both sides of committing war crimes. Here's our Middle East correspondent, Yolande Nell, with the latest. Israel's vast military might on display once again. It says Hamas has lost control in northern Gaza and its troops are battling inside Gaza City. This is a critical point in the war. And for the first time, the BBC was given access behind Israeli lines in Gaza, escorted by soldiers. While the BBC had editorial control of the report, these pictures were cleared for use by the Israeli military. Amid the huge destruction, officers showed what they said was a Hamas weapons factory, set up, they said, below a family apartment, a child's bedroom. They insisted that Hamas, not Israel, was responsible for civilian loss of life. We know intelligence. We know what we hit. We know the targets. They're approved by, the, by our command. It's not that I wake up and I, my, my objective is to, to ruin the, the city. I aim for enemy, an enemy only. Israel says its actions in Gaza, where it's trying to eradicate Hamas, are a military necessity, that this war is about self-defense. But Abir's view is different. She says that because of Israel's bombardment, nowhere is safe. There's no food or drinking water for the children and that Israel has bombed the bakeries. Israel says that 50,000 Palestinians moved south in Gaza yesterday when it promised safe passage. But during the day, deadly Israeli airstrikes were reported across the length of the Strip. The Hamas-run authorities now say that more than 10,500 people have been killed. The UN Secretary-General says the civilian death toll in Gaza shows something is clearly wrong with Israeli military operations, but also that Hamas is using people as human shields. Meanwhile, the UN's Human Rights Commissioner visiting the region is accusing both Israel and Hamas of war crimes. After G7 top diplomats voiced their concerns at a meeting in Japan, attention is also beginning to turn to the post-war future. The US Secretary of State Antony Blinken said there should be a united Palestinian-led government for Gaza and the West Bank as a step towards Palestinian statehood. Uh, it's also clear that Israel cannot occupy Gaza. Um, now, the reality is that there may be uh, a need for some transition period uh, at the end of the conflict, but it is imperative that um, the Palestinian people uh, be central to, uh, to governance uh, in, uh, in Gaza and uh, in the West Bank as well. But for now, this conflict rages on. Hamas may be hugely outgunned, but its guerrilla tactics on the streets of Gaza could keep the war with Israel going for months to come. Yolande Nell, BBC News, Jerusalem.
Well, more on this. The French government is hosting a conference in Paris to discuss ways of getting humanitarian aid to people in Gaza. Delegations from several Arab nations are attending, but Israel will not be represented, and its main backer, the United States, is only sending a low-level team. Well, let's go live now to Paris and our correspondent, Hugh Schofield. Hugh, let's just start with the conference itself. What is France hoping to achieve? Well, it's hoping that uh, this will lead to some kind of breakthrough in getting aid into Gaza. Um, they're assembling some very eminent people. You know, the head of UNRWA, the relief agency, is going to be talking. Um, um, the head of the International Red Cross will be here briefing delegates on the situation. Um, and the hope is that uh, they, with uh, the delegations, will come up with creative ideas about getting aid in, about establishing uh, field hospitals, uh, getting fuel down into the Gaza Strip and so on. I have to say, uh, there's a, a huge degree of scepticism about, about this uh, uh, conference, which was hastily organized um, in the last few days. And, and it's really just a kind of adjunct to an, an existing peace forum, which President Macron um, had been planning, which will discuss a lot of other issues, such as uh, global warming and uh, uh, um, AI and so on. And this was sort of tacked on to the beginning because of the pressing problem of Gaza. But I don't think there's a huge expectation that it's going to lead to anything partic particularly significant. But it does send perhaps a message to Israel and Israel isn't sending a delegation to the conference. And the French government has talked about not wanting to offend the Israeli government. Yeah, we need to be quite clear that the Israelis are not sending a delegation, but primarily because they weren't invited. And that's not intended to snub Israelis. The the idea was that this would be a, a conference of countries that are interested in getting aid in to uh, Gaza, donor countries, and Israel obviously does not count among them. So um, there's no intention of snubs in either direction. Um, but what is the case, I think, is that this does have a political dimension. Um, the French government, President Macron in particular, has been accused uh, by some here in France, many here in France, of, of adopting a kind of knee-jerk pro-Israeli um, reaction and of, uh, in the initial aftermath of the October the 7th attacks, you know, coming down very, very, very too firmly on behalf or on the side of, of Israel and all of this. And there is pressure, certainly from the foreign ministry here, to redress the balance some, somewhat and show that, uh, that you know, France also shares the concerns of the Arab world, of the South um, more largely, um, and their concerns about uh, humanitarian difficulties in Gaza. So that does address that and does send out a message and does send out a message about how the world increasingly is hoping for some kind of humanitarian pause in the fighting. Yes, thank you very much. That's our correspondent in Paris, Hugh Schofield. Well, as Hugh mentioned there, there has been some scepticism about the conference, including from aid organisations and human rights groups. And we can now talk to Sasha Deshmukh, who's the chief executive of Amnesty International UK here in London. Sasha, thank you very much for joining us. So Amnesty International has issued a statement ahead of this conference saying the focus should be on calling for a ceasefire. Yes, we've welcomed the international community focusing on the humanitarian situation in Gaza at this conference. We have said that a ceasefire, we believe, is an important step that can mean that there 
can be a chance for the delivery of sustained and effective aid in Gaza. There can be a chance for the burying of the dead. There can be a chance for the treatment of the many, many people wounded. And also, critically, during a ceasefire, there can be an intensification of negotiations it, trying to ensure the return of hostages, which, of course, must also be a critical focus. But do you understand Israel's position? Because you've been calling for a ceasefire, but the Israeli government says any pause in fighting would benefit Hamas, and it has a responsibility to protect its citizens. Well, all states have a responsibility to self-defence um, of their citizens. They actually have that as a duty, but that duty can never be undertaken by committing war crimes. And as you've reported, um, many experts, including the United Nations Commissioner, have spoken now about war crimes that have been conducted both by Hamas, but also by the Israeli authorities. I believe that a ceasefire is critical in this situation. Um, I believe that it does provide, would provide an opportunity, not only for the delivery of critical humanitarian aid in a sustained way, but also provide a critical opportunity for a focus on the hostages as well. Of course, that hostage taking is a terrible crime as well. Many people watching might be wondering what happens next because the United States, most countries are either calling for a ceasefire or a pause in fighting. What, can, what more can be done? Well, I think within a ceasefire, as well as the delivery of humanitarian aid, as well as a focus on the return of the hostages, critically also there needs to be a focus on human rights and the journey to a longer-term solution, which I believe needs to be based on human rights. Within a ceasefire, we also need to see um, investigators from the United Nations uh, Commission for Human Rights, from organisations such as Amnesty International, as well as the International Criminal Court, be allowed access, be allowed to actually give the world truth about what has been happening, the crimes committed by both sides, but critically also, what does it then mean for there to be a human rights solution, a human rights-based journey out of this conflict? I believe it's only with a focus on human rights that we're going to see the end of what has been a decades-long crisis, and also focusing particularly on Gaza, we need to remember that the current situation which, within which we're calling for a ceasefire is also been an intensification of a 16-year-long blockade of Gaza. That action in and of itself has been an illegal action. Thank you very much. That's Sasha Deshmukh, Chief Executive of Amnesty International UK. Thanks for joining us. Well, for the latest on the conflict, let's go live now to our correspondent, Mark Lowen, who's in southern Israel. And Mark, as we've been reporting, there were about 50,000 people who left northern Gaza yesterday. And the Israeli military is saying it's going to open a key highway for people to leave once again today. What do we know about the movement of people and how they're managing to get out of northern Gaza? Well, there is this main highway, as you say, Catherine, the Salaldin Road, which which goes from the northern tip of Gaza down uh, down to the south, and that is the road that the Israelis are trying to encourage civilians to take in order to flee the most intense uh, uh, military uh, airstrikes in the north of Gaza. 
and the Israeli Defense Forces say that 50,000 took that road yesterday. That is considerably higher numbers than have taken it, if, if confirmed, uh, the, the, the previous days. Um, and uh, the Israeli Defense Force say that they it could indeed be reopened again today. There's been no official confirmation, but the likelihood is that it would be reopened as the Israelis try to get the civilians to flee south. But remember, there are still tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, who are still in the north uh, as the Israeli Defense Forces push further into Gaza City. Now, um, the Israelis say that uh, Hamas has lost control of northern Gaza. Uh, there was, they say, a, an intense 10-hour battle yesterday to take control of a Hamas stronghold. Um, uh, uh, and the offensive in, into Gaza City it, it pushes deeper. Meanwhile, there is some um, possible good news on, 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 the, on the hostages uh, with, the, um, with reports that the Qatari government is mediating for the release potentially of 12 hostages, including some Americans. Uh, the Americans believe that 10 U.S. nationals are still being held under Hamas captivity, uh, and we understand that those talks are ongoing. And Mark, we've been talking so far in the program about a possible ceasefire or pause in the fighting. The United States, other allies, other, Israel, other, other allies of Israel are calling for the same. Are we seeing any sign of that from the government there? Well, certainly not a ceasefire that the, the Benjamin Netanyahu has ruled out if, uh, unless there is a full release of the hostages, and that's very unlikely to happen. What we're talking about really is humanitarian pauses, um, pauses in the fighting. And yesterday, the Israeli military announced for the first time that there would be a four-hour pause in three large neighborhoods of Gaza City uh, in order for food and water to be, um, to be reached by the civilians. Uh, but residents there saying that there is such a shortage of food and water that they were unable to to get very much during those those pauses but that was the first time that there had been apparently an official announcement from uh, inside Gaza City um, meanwhile uh, the you know what, what what appears to be happening are kind of more localized stoppages uh, in, in in some isolated places on the ground I don't think we're necessarily going to get an official announcement from the Israeli government about a humanitarian pause I think it's going to be more localized stoppages for people to be able to access aid uh, so far um, uh, yesterday we are told that 86 trucks uh, crossed from Rafa in Egypt into Gaza carrying aid, but that is still just a drop in the ocean in terms of the needs on the ground. Thank you very much. That's our correspondent there in southern Israel, Mark Lowen.